0: This is The Takeaway. I'm John Hockenberry. Thanks so much for listening. And this hour, Diplomacy Over Damascus. In part because of the credible threat of U.S. military action, as well as constructive talks that I had with President Putin, the Russian government has indicated a willingness to join with the international community in pushing Assad to give up his chemical weapons. President Obama yesterday speaking to the nation even as the fighting continued in Syria as diplomacy seemed to offer an option on the issue of chemical weapons. The United Nations reminded us yesterday that the civil war has destroyed a third of Syria's housing stock and made four and a quarter million people essentially homeless. This hour, a look at the origins of the new diplomacy on Syria, also the challenge of trying to control rather than deter the use of chemical weapons in Syria and the unabated escalation of the refugee crisis. We'll also discuss the milestones of 12 years after September 11th, the rebuilding taking place in Lower Manhattan, and the approaching milestone of 10 billion people on planet Earth. All that this hour. But first, can diplomacy and good old-fashioned arms control change the crisis in Syria? It's too early to tell whether this offer will succeed. And any agreement must verify that the Assad regime keeps its commitments. But this initiative has the potential to remove the threat of chemical weapons without the use of force, particularly because Russia is one of Assad's strongest allies. Suddenly, the U.S. and Russia are possibly engaged in a diplomatic initiative to acquire and control rather than simply strike and deter the use of Syria's chemical weapons. We turn now to Leslie Gelb, President Emeritus and Board Senior Fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. Les, welcome back to The Takeaway. Hi, John. So what do you make of this? Uh, arms control here? Is that what's going on? Or have the Russians and the Americans kind of backed into something?
1: I think they totally backed into something, or at least the Americans backed into it. Uh, the Russians, I think, were surprised to have this arms control opportunity laid at their laps.
0: And the the way this was laid in their laps came from a statement from Secretary of State John Kerry. Let's play that uh, clip at a news conference with uh, British Foreign Secretary William Hague in London just a few days ago.
1: He could turn over every single bit of his chemical weapons to the international community in the next week. Turn it over, all of it, uh, without delay,
0: and allow a full and total accounting for that. Uh, but he isn't about to do it. Now, Les Gell, do you hear Secretary of State Kerry improvising there and the Russians taking advantage of it, or is that a trial balloon?
1: I don't think there's any doubt he was uh, senatorially improvising because very shortly after he made that statement, the uh, State Department issued a statement saying, well, you have to understand that was only rhetoric. In other words, don't pay any attention to it. Uh, He had just been talking off the top of his head. But the Russians certainly didn't see it that way. They saw it as an opportunity. So uh, these people were ready
0: to pounce, and we weren't ready to propose. Well, what do you make of the theory, and the president even referred to this in his speech last night, that the threat of military action is really the incentive driving the Russians? And I'm wondering if this is a life raft offered by the Russians to uh, the Americans to get President Obama out of a diplomatic crisis here, or if this is really the Russians trying to improve relations with the U.S.?
1: Well, I don't think the Russians are known for offering life rafts to anyone, especially to the United States. I think they were pursuing their own interest here. And the first interest, the primary interest for them, was to prevent an American strike on Syria. Syria is the Middle Eastern ally for Moscow. And if the United States struck and the Russians had no real military response, and they did not, then, you know, they were the ones who were going to look weak. So they were trying to head it off. And they're heading it off with a proposal that uh, I think all experts in this business think is a long shot to make
0: it work. Well, we'll talk about the technical details of that long shot in a moment. But in terms of uh, the Russian chess game here, uh, this really raises the profile of the Russians and puts them in a leadership position in heading off this crisis. Uh, It seems to me it's more about raising Russian profile than it is preventing some Tomahawk missiles going off, yes?
1: No, I think uh, it's more about preventing the missiles from going off against Syria uh, the Russians could have made a proposal like this on their own last week or last month. They didn't. Uh, I think they, they probably thought about it as quickly as as uh, Secretary Kerry laid it on the table.
0: So they're both backing <laughs> into this, and Kerry's improvisation has really uh, produced an interesting kind of a jazz ensemble in terms of diplomacy all of a sudden. Uh,
1: that's right. See, it's, it's actually very unusual, John, as you know for a former senator to become a secretary of state. We just had one with Hillary Clinton, but Hillary Clinton was not the voluble kind of former senator given to uh, a vast oratory. Uh, S- senator uh, uh, Kerry, when he was a senator, chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, he just got used to saying whatever came to his mind.
0: So do you think the upshot (laughs) of this is the administration says to Kerry, clear every remark with us from now on? Or thanks a lot for thinking out of the box, dude.
1: (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know exactly what the relationship is between President Obama and Secretary Kerry, whether he called him in and scolded him. But I would guess that that State Department rebuke to the secretary that this was only rhetoric was checked out with the White House. Indeed. And that initially they weren't terribly happy.
0: Leslie Gell, President Emeritus and Board Senior Fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, thanks so much as always. Pleasure, John.
1: NYC Now delivers the most up-to-date local news from WNYC and Gothamist every morning, midday, and evening. With three updates a day, listeners get breaking news, top headlines, and in-depth coverage from across New York City. By sponsoring programming like NYC Now, you'll reach our community of dedicated listeners with premium messaging and an uncluttered audio experience. Visit sponsorship.wnyc.org to get in touch and find out more.